Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, we are uh, we are at that halfway point for boys basketball coverage. So uh, as we did last week with uh, with girls basketball being at its midpoint, we're going to uh, kind of uh, adopt the same mid-district progress report format that we have these past uh, these past couple podcasts. This week we're going to be touching on uh, the action on the boys' side of the hard court. So today we're we're going to be discussing all of our 6A districts, and then later in the week we're going to touch on 5A. So for this portion of the podcast, let's talk a little uh, Louisville ISD, some Garland ISD, Mesquite ISD, the first, uh, I guess the first three of our four uh, Class 6A districts. And um, yeah, let's just start out, out Dentonways, Justin, out, of, out in good old 6A. Yeah. At the, uh, at the halfway point, just to run down these standings, you have uh, Capel in first place. Shout out to the Cowboys, all owning first at 7-0. They've got a two-game lead, so a nice little cushion for Capel to work with. They have a two-game lead over Louisville and Hebron, who are tied for second place at 5-2. and two. You have Irving MacArthur in fourth place at 4-3. Four uh, let's see, city rival Irving Nimitz, one game behind them at 3-4. and four. And then you have a tie for sixth place between the two Flower Mound programs, Flower Mound High and uh, Marcus, both at 2-5. and five. And then you have Irving in eighth place at 0-7. Was Capel expected to be able to uh, contend or obviously be in position to now win a district championship with a nice two-game lead over the field? Uh, just talk a bit about the Cowboys to kick this one off. Yeah, I don't really think it was expected, at least not from my from my perspective. And then, um, you know, we'll get into our podcast guest later, but visiting with them, you know, I think yeah. he was even a little surprised maybe, especially how the season started and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Capel was going to have a good team coming into the season, but, you know, they have... K.J. Liggins, who's a standout on the football That's team. Right, yeah. he, keep forgetting all the guys they lost. He's yeah. a sophomore this year. You know, he made varsity last year. I can't remember if he was like an everyday starter, but definitely like a big minutes player for them. Well, he hurts his. He gets injured during football. You know, first couple weeks of the football season, so he's out for the whole season. Then they have Quavian Adger, who was maybe their best player last year, mm-hmm. an all-district player. He was just a sophomore. He ends up transferring out to the high school in Louisville. So. You know, two projected, not just two starters, but two players you would think would kind of be key contributors to this mm-hmm. team weren't there at the start of the season. So that le- left senior four-year starter Tariq Aman as pretty much the lone, like, player with any, almost any, like, real varsity experience. So didn't know what to expect. They have a first-year coach as well in Clint Schnell because wow. Kip Pale moved into the an AD position with Coppell. Mm-hmm. So just unfamiliarity unfamiliarity all around but here they are 7-0 and um, obviously two game lead which and they have head-to-head wins over Hebron and Louisville 
they're doing it with their defense. You know, they got a big win over Flower Mound on a putback to win 61-60. After that, they've had three straight wins. They've held each opponent under 50 points, so they're really playing good defense, and I think that's where it starts for them outside of the leadership and playmaking ability that Tariq brings to the point point guard spot. It's been a uh, it's been a nice little bounce back year out in Louisville as well. Yeah, and I'm just kind of talking about about the Farmers who have worked their way into a into a nice contention for a for a high playoff seed. Yeah, they were a pretty inexperienced team. Another team last year that had a first year coach Jeff McGowan, and he, he only lasted one year before moving to a teaching position. So they have a new coach, uh, Brian Miller, and they're playing much better. They have more experience. And then kind of like Coppell got hurt with two players that maybe they weren't expecting on. Louisville's had mm-hmm. two players come in that have really changed things. Uh, the Little Elm transfer, K.J. Pruitt. Yeah. And then freshman Keontae George, who's just having an awesome season. He looks like he's the real deal. You're going to be hearing about that name a lot over the next <laughs> four years. But, um, yeah, so they have, you know, four good guards. Kylan, Kylan Green was an all-district player as a mm-hmm. freshman last year. He's back for his sophomore year. And then O.C. Gertman's having a good year, too. So they have four guards that can all do uh, different things, and they like to pick up the tempo and push the ball and score, and they're doing well. And, you know, so they're even with Hebron, who's won back-to-back district championships. But another team that kind of not sure what what you were going to get from them with what they lost, and then they don't get Trajan Bridges for district because he ends up going to Oklahoma early for yeah. football. But they're plugging right along. They were right there in that Coppell game. You know, it was a one-possession game with three or four minutes left before they came up short. So um, they're hanging right in there, too. Those three teams are kind of the, the cream of the crop, I would think. Irving MacArthur is sitting there at four and three. They've lost three in a row. They kind of <coughs> haven't excelled against when they've played the Louisvilles and the Coppells and okay. the Hebrews lately. So they are kind of come back to the pack after starting four and oh. Um, Nimitz has been playing well, and then you look at the other two Louisville schools, Marcus and Flower Mound. Um, was expecting better things from Flower Mound. They seem to be playing better lately. They've been competitive in losses, you know, lost a close one to Louisville, lost tip in to Coppell. You know, they were actually oh, wow. winless at that point when Coppell was undefeated, and they almost took him down. So th- they started off 0 4, now they're up to 2 5. So they're playing better, but they still have a big hill to climb if they want to get up into the playoffs looking like maybe MacArthur is the team they're going to have to catch if okay. they want to get in. And they've got one of the best players in the in the state though to yeah, fall back on, so definitely. that's a nice little ace in the hole for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, Caleb Loner. He seems to be kind of percolating a little bit lately, playing mm-hmm. after kind of his scoring seemed to be a little down at the start, but Flowermount, another team that really didn't have a lot of experience, just Jeffrey Mills and Caleb Loner, mm-hmm. basically the only players back they had, so maybe it's just taken them a little time. But I want to count them out. They're only two games back on MacArthur now, so I want to count out the Jaguars quite yet. Let's shift gears, uh, Devin. Let's talk about some of the uh, happenings in your neck of the woods over in uh, over in Garland ISD with District 106A. Uh, this one produced a this district produced a state semifinalist last year and could very well do so once again. Uh, let's see. Let's run down the standings. You got the aforementioned state semifinalist uh, South Garland just chugging right along at seven and zero. Lakeview Centennial, another perennial uh, powerhouse out of Garland ISD. They are six and one in second place. You have a third place tie between Wiley and Saxe at four and three. Routlet is one game behind those two. They are in fifth place at three and four. You got North Garland in sixth place at two and five. 
five and a tie for seventh place between Garland and Naaman Forest at a one and six. Um, certainly, the uh, the preseason belief that Saxe had shown uh, was making some strides under their uh, under their new head coach. Um, certainly, a uh, you know kind of like a program like Louisville, Saxe you know very much kind of building off of the early uh, the early success that they had. So just kind of talking a bit about the Mustangs as they are for the first time in quite some time, I think you know smack dab in the playoff race. Yeah, you know uh, Zach Mikesell, uh, their first year head coach who came over from Lakeview. Um, so he's been a part of a, a winning program for a long time. Uh, really instilled, uh, did a good job of instilling that belief in Saxe. This is a Saxe team that won one district game last year. Um, you know, and, and they're four and three. Uh, you know, last uh, last week they beat Wiley. Wiley team has been state ranked for, for much of the year. Uh, Dylan McKeon hits a three-pointer at the buzzer to, to win 63-62. Uh, kind of one of those season-defining moments, uh, you know, that if Saxe makes the playoffs, they'll look back on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they just they they've come out and we all knew they had the athletes there. They had the quality of players there. It was just a matter of, of getting the right combination. I think with the new coach, just mm-hmm. a breath of fresh air. Um, and, and those those players have bought into the system. And um, yeah, I mean Tyler Blue is a seasoned guy. Obi Onya, uh, Jordan Nichols, these are guys that have been in that program uh, for you know th- multiple year starters. Uh, but you know they've they've kind of taken their game to the next level. And um, you know again, I mentioned Dylan McKeon hitting that game winning three the other night. Uh, they're playing better defense, um, and, and they've been right with everybody, mm-hmm. with the exception of South Carolina, which. You know, it is the class of the district, but uh, you know, outside of that, Saxe has, has has been in every game, and, and obviously they've been able to to, to kind of pull up through and, and win some of those close games that in, in years past they wouldn't be able to win. Yeah, when they picked up wins non-district over both Plano and Plano West, they were okay. I'm um, I'm buying into the Saxe resurgence a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and without a doubt. And again, I yeah. think that early season uh, the, during those tournaments was so big for them because again, I mentioned they won one district game last year. Well, they were two and twenty-four overall. Wow. So they just th- that group and they had a lot of those guys back just wasn't used to experiencing any success. So when they go out there and you, you mentioned those two wins uh, and, and they had similar ones like it, you know that just built confidence. Just mm-hmm. you know showed them that that what. What they're doing under Coach Mike Sill is, is working, and uh, that's translated into district play. Uh, with Rowlett, um, just kind of what do you make of their first half of district play? Do you foresee them being able to catch um, either Wiley or Saxe or... Uh, you know they're gonna they, they beat Saxe in a close 55-53 in their first meeting, uh, lost to Wiley. Um, you know Rylette is a team that, that graduated everybody last year. Uh, Chuck Wu Ogu's back, but he was really the only main contributor along with Carson Loya. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know everybody else is is basically new to the rotation, and uh, it's been a roller coaster for them. I mean Nondisc was a roller coaster, and they've had their ups and downs. Uh, they're kicking themselves. You, know, you mentioned Naaman Forrest mm-hmm. at the bottom of the standings. Their one win is over Rowlett oh. in overtime when Rowlett blew a 13-point lead going wow. into the fourth quarter and they went for it. And that's it, it probably should be a three-way tie and Rowlett at that they at season's end, maybe kick themselves <laughs> over that. Um, but again, one, one of the one of the benefits, I guess, of having so many new guys is is the the, the opportunity for growth is still there. And so they're a team that's been getting better as the season goes on. Do you foresee any of these teams being able to catch those top two? I mean, South Garland is South Garland, so that is what it is. But if I'm just thinking toward like ahead to the playoffs and the odds of running into Jesuit or Allen in the first round. You know, there's a, uh, there's been a, we'll get to District 9, 6, 8 later on, but there's definitely a line of demarcation between those top two and the rest of the district. Um, do you foresee anybody being able to catch those top two, though, in 10, 6, A? No. I mean, South Garland, uh, you know, South Carolina and Lakeview played on Friday in a battle of two 6-0 teams coming yeah. in, and South Garland handled them. I mean, you know, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Uh, 
too bad Murphy's on the podcast. I say he's the best player in the state. Uh, but, but, one, but one of the best players in the state, Chris Harris Jr., is no slouch himself. Uh, they, they just, they're just a step above everybody else. Lakeview um, is a very good team. Uh, Dante Houston Jr., uh, they, they've got some very good players. I just don't see, I think there's a clear separation. I don't okay. see either one of those coming back to the pack. Um, so, yeah, I think it comes down to a, a three-team battle uh, with Wiley and Saxon Rowlett, and whoever wins those head-to-head battles mm-hmm. is going to be your third and fourth playoff spots. Can't really count out. Um, again, I mentioned Naaman Forrest tripping up Rowlett before, and North Garland has, has been a solid competition. They, Rowlett had a rally in the fourth quarter to beat wow. them on Friday, and, and Garland um, you know, uh, has, has gave Wiley all they wanted on Friday. So, you know, those b- bottom three, I don't think they're going to factor into the playoff equation. Play spoiler, but, but they're going to play spoiler. Yeah. And that's just what it's going to come down to. Over in 11-6A, out, uh, out Mesquite Ways, you know, we mentioned that uh, you, know, you have South Garland led by one of the best players in the, uh, in the state, you know, into their undefeated uh, start to district play. You've got a team undefeated atop uh, District 11-6A that also has one of the best players in the state. The, uh, the Samuel Williamson show at Rockwall is uh, clicking along just fine. The, uh, let's see, uh, Rockwall is 6-0. They're in first place, undefeated in District 11-6A. Second place, uh, Mesquite. The Skeeters are at 4-2. Uh, you got a tie for third place between Longview and Rockwall Heath at 3-3. Three three. Then you have a tie for fifth place between the other two Mesquite ISD programs, Horn and North Mesquite. They are at 2-4, and four, and you have Tyler Lee in seventh place at one and five. Um, I don't know. Is, is anything? But I'm sure Rockwall being in first place isn't much of a surprise. But I'm um, just kind of size up the. Uh, I guess starting with Mesquite was. Um, is the Skeeters being a uh, you know in contention for a high playoff spot? Was that anticipated coming into the season? Or I, I think so. You know that they return one of the better shooters in the area, in Cody LeBlanc. Yeah. Uh, Grant Stewart um, is gives him a presence on the inside. DeAndre Heath is is a nice guard. Um, this district makes me scratch my head sometimes. So, and even on Friday, uh, Mesquite goes out there and loses by double digits to Rockwall Heath, which I didn't <laughs> expect. I thought this was a two-horse race. Mm-hmm. I thought Rockwall and Mesquite uh, were going to battle it out. Rockwall won the first meeting. But, um, you know, I, I thought those two would be neck and neck. And now, all of a sudden, Mesquite is in danger of coming all the way back to the pack, which is what they did last year. Really? They got off to a good start, kind of slumped, and ended up uh, missing the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. So um, they have the personnel. Again, this district has just been odd. I mean, it, it just as far as the head-to-head results, outside of Rockwall taking care of business, mm. um, it's one, you know, the cliche, anybody can beat anybody on any given night, but that's really been the case in this district. There's been, every time I look at the results and, and you know, it's, okay, well, I didn't expect that or I didn't expect that. And it, it, what you have is, is a pack of those, you know, you know, five teams within two games of one another. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it does feel like beyond the one seed, there's still very much to be uh, to be determined there. So, for the, obviously, right now, you know, Horn and North Mesquite are outside of the playoff picture, um, but just one game back of Longview and, uh, and Heath, I guess, is it, I mean, just kind of whether it's Horn or North, I mean, do you foresee one of those being able to potentially crack that top four, or just who kind of stands the best chance of being able to wedge their way into the playoffs? Well, you know, you know Horn, Horn's intriguing because they, they're, and there was, even in non-district, their results were just mind-blowing sometimes because you never could kind of pinpoint what they're going to do. Uh, they have an excellent scorer in Zakir Sawyer, and they have a lot of different guys that have stepped up. Uh, but North Mesquite is actually the team that intrigues me the most Okay, um, out of that group because they're a team that last year, they hadn't made the playoffs since 2008, and it looked like they were going to finish on the outside looking in again. And they won their last four games in district, including beating Rockball Heath, who was in, at that time in first place. Um and then they to force a playing game against Mesquite, and they beat Mesquite. So they basically had a five-game winning streak to, in the regular season. Uh, so they had that experience. And um, Jared Carraway, who was 
arguably their best player last year, transferred. Wow. So he was out for the first part of the year, but he transferred back to the school. And now he's playing. How does again. that happen? It just happens. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, um, but adding a, a player of his caliber um, to what was already a solid team with guys like Darren Wright and Trey Moore, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, adding him back in the equation, uh, picked up a nice one over Tyler Lee on Friday. And I just think um, having, as they come together, and also being able to fall back on that experience from last year when they were able to turn it on, you know, late January to, to, to make that push for the playoffs, I think North Mesquite has an excellent chance to return. Okay. That is a look at a few of our, of our Class 6A districts. Obviously, still got 9-6A to discuss, and we will do that in just a few minutes. But first, got to shine that student-athlete spotlight. And for that, Justin went out to Capel to talk with their, uh, their standout uh, point guard, uh, Tariq Aman, on the Cowboys and their, uh, their undefeated run through District 6-6A so far. And, yeah, we'll see what Tariq had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, we're here with Tariq Aman, senior guard for the Coppell Cowboys. Tariq, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us here on the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. No problem, no problem. So you guys hit the uh, district midpoint on Friday, and you guys are the first place team in District 66A. Just uh, kind of break down how you feel the season's gone for you guys so far. Um, start off the season, I wasn't so sure about this team, to be honest, because uh, we're really young. Oh, well, not like young, but a lot of players from JV last year. So I knew mm-hmm. like it's like a new beginning almost, and I have to reteach a lot of things. But uh, like we've improved like way more than I thought we would going through the season, a lot faster than I thought we would. Yeah. So, I mean uh, – we're exactly where I want us to be, but we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, tough to complain about undefeated in right, district at yeah. the halfway point, right? Definitely. Friday, you guys obviously had a big game. Hebron came in um, one game behind you with a chance to draw even, and you guys yeah. obviously pulled out the win to close the first half. Just uh, talk about that game and how things played out on Friday night for you guys. Uh, well, going into every game, we were playing it like a must win. I mean, you know, teams come, come to play against us because they know they need a win, and just because we're undefeated doesn't mean anything. So, same thing going into that game. Uh, we knew they had a big score in uh, Logan. But, uh, I mean, you know, we game plan for him. And, uh, I mean, we just execute our stuff and know, you know, it, it turns out successful for us. So. You mentioned big score for them with Logan. Uh, you got another one coming up with Keontae George at Louisville. Obviously, yeah. some other players in this, this district that can really uh, score the ball. What is your, uh, your guys' kind of defensive mentality going through this district slate? Uh, I mean, we, uh, you know, going it, it varies from, from player to player. Uh, personally, I just try to get into the, you know, get into their best score and make him uncomfortable. And at the same time, you know, they're they're good scorers, so they're gonna do what they do. But offensively, I'm gonna, you know, individually try to do what I do. And at the same time, as a team, you know, just execute our stuff and we'll be fine. Coach Nell says this is a team that really prides itself on its defense. Is the way you guys play on the defensive end and how you're able to handle some of those. Um, Scoring options, do you feel like that's what's led to your guys' success with, uh, so far? Definitely, because, uh, I mean, we haven't necessarily had a great shooting game in probably three, two and a half, three weeks. So what's really won us those games is our defense. And at the same time, I mean, you know, we make big plays when it's necessary. And we make, you know, we have offensive players on our team that can make plays, uh, you know, on their own. But uh, the, the bottom line is if we don't get stops, we don't win a lot of those games. So... That, that's been our, our biggest thing. 
Heard Coach talking after practice. Um, got another one. And we mentioned already that Louisville game coming up. You guys saw them in non-district, and you've already seen them once in district. How, do, how are things different when you're seeing a team for the second or third time? Uh, I mean, you know, they they pretty much know our tendencies. We know their tendencies. So it's just it's really who can execute their game plan the best and, uh, you know, who can make more plays and get more stops, to be honest. You mentioned that kind of at the start of this interview, what, I'm not really sure what the expectations of the team would be. And I know kind of after the season ended last season, you were probably thinking there were some guys that were going to be on the roster that aren't here for various reasons. Yeah, yeah. How have you guys been able to overcome those losses that you might have thought you were going to have on the roster this season and start off like you have? Uh, it's really just a next man up mentality. You know, uh, I knew, you know, I knew I was going to be here and uh, I know I can make plays and I know I have teammates that, that do certain things really well the, that, that they're doing and that's the reason why we're 7-0. So, I mean, just guys on the team doing their job and, you know, knowing what they can do and, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. led us to 7-0 in district. Kind of in that same vein, you talked about kind of a lot of players from JV and stuff like that, but obviously you're here, you're a four-year varsity player and starter. Yeah. What have you tried to kind of instill in some of these younger guys as kind of the quote-unquote leader of the team? Uh Going from JV to varsity, uh, there's a big difference in the intensity, especially in practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, to, to start off the year, practices would be kind of uh, not as definitely not as intense as they are now. You know, it'd be kind yeah. of soft. Uh, so I mean, I, I try my best to to get in players and, and and teach them or show them that that I mean, you have to you have to go hard 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just a next play type of thing. I mean, we still have issues with like whining and stuff every now and then, but it's definitely not where it was before. So I think that that was our biggest thing. So you guys are entering the second half on Tuesday. What's it going to take for uh, this, 16, this senior year to be a successful one for you? How do you guys want to go out here? One game at a time. Every game is a must win. Play with a chip on the shoulder. Uh, I know going into this year that teams definitely didn't expect us to win many games, and uh, we definitely weren't the favorite in this district. So I mean that no matter what our record is, I mean that's our that's our chip on our shoulder mm-hmm. going through every game we play for the rest of the year. So that's our biggest thing. All right, well, Tariq, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to join us. If y'all haven't got a chance to check out the Cowboys, uh, like I said, you can see them Tuesday with the big game against Louisville. So Tariq, thanks again for joining us on the podcast today. No problem, my pleasure. Thanks again to Tariq Aman for taking the time to chat with Justin for our student athlete spotlight. And yeah, let's round out the uh, our Class Six A boys basketball mid district progress reports with a uh, let's talk some Nine Six A. Uh, let's see the standings in District Nine Six A at the midpoint. Got a tie for first place. The district championship still up for grabs. You have Jesuit and Allen at six and one. Technically, Jesuit has the head-to-head tiebreaker right now by virtue of the head-to-head win over Allen. Uh, we have a three-way tie for third place. So finally, a district where there's some actual like some log jams. You have uh, Plano West, Prosper, and McKinney all tied for third place at four and three. You got Plano East making a making a push as of late. The Panthers are in sixth place at two and five, and then a tie for seventh place between Plano Senior and McKinney Boyd at one and six. Um, I don't know. We don't have to start at the top. Let's Plano East, man. Sure. Plano East had yeah. a uh, had a very very impressive week last week. Absolutely. You know, the Panthers were zero and five. They are able to not only get off the Schneid against McKinney Boyd, but wouldn't you know? But then they go into muddying up Prosper, right? Yep. Yeah, they took down Prosper, and they've. Uh, it looks like slowly but surely, under first year head coach Matt Wester, things are starting to round into form for the Panthers. Yeah, I saw that game against Boyd, um, and that was never even really close. I mean, it, it's. 
it's interesting because um, you know for Boyd, Jeremy Josie said that you know they they start really slow pretty much every game in district, and that's kind of been their downfall on their way to one and six, mm-hmm. um, and that was certainly true against Plano East. I mean, Plano East got out to a big halftime lead, um, had a, a huge run that kind of effectively buried Boyd. Boyd did outscore them through you know two quarters and change the second half a little bit, but you know East got out to a, a pretty good lead, played. Really good, um, aggressive defense, which is something that it seems like both Plano East teams are kind of hanging their hat on yeah. uh, this year as far as boys and girls. But they look good, man. And then they go out and back it up with a win over Prosper, and they almost beat Jesuit, 6-1 and one Jesuit. Yeah. The Friday before they actually got that first win, that game was what, 57-53? So, and, and the thing that, you know, Wester told me after that win against Boyd um, is that this team, it's, it's a team that doesn't feel like they needed this to validate how good they are. Mm-hmm. They've felt kind of all year that they're capable of, of getting some wins in this district, that they they are capable of getting a postseason spot. It may be too little too late for that unless they just go absolutely insane and rattle off, you know, five of seven or something in the back half. But it's 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 on the up and up over there at East. You could say that. You know, it's, it's coming together. These are a bunch of young kids that I think were really accustomed to winning at the JV level mm-hmm. um, and accustomed to playing together, and they're finally kind of really getting some traction at the varsity level, at least in district. They had a pretty good non-district. Um, schedule. They they won some pretty impressive games. They had the the uh, the win over Morton Ranch early. That was the big highlight. The the last second buzzer beater. But yeah, I mean it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility with three teams at four and three and them at two and five. You know they take out you know two of those teams, a couple other wins somewhere else. They could get back in the conversation. It's a long shot. I mean they're a long way out. They they that zero and five hole really really dug them pretty deep as far as trying to get back in the the top half of things. But. You know, it's it's definitely on the come up and, and on the turnaround, and, and I would think that you know, returning pretty much everybody, this is going to be a pretty good program in years to come as well. Um, and those two wins have then vaulted them over city rival Plano Senior. You know, Plano Senior at one and six. You know, their only win had come over Plano East. Yeah. Uh, with Plano Senior, their first half has been a case of. Close but no cigar, mm-hmm. almost, you know, horseshoes, hand grenades, whatever, like, you know, cliche you want to throw out. Because having, you know, I got to see them against Allen, you know, last Tuesday. And, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing about Plano. So they're one and six. Mm-hmm. Their six losses have come by an average of six and a half points. Yep. I saw them lose by eight to uh, McKinney. Yeah. And they look the part when you I see know. them. They do look they the part. They just play all close games because they only yeah. beat East they by, even got I the think, six, seven. They even got the 16, dude. It's yeah. like, okay, he's going to be dunking on people. Oh. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, yeah, like Plano is—it's it, a—it is a very deceptive one and six because Plano has been in every game essentially. Mm-hmm. The I mean, coaches give them a shot. They have a re- yeah. really good coach. Uh, um, I don't forget. Dean Christian. Name. Yeah, he he gives them a chance. Like it's one of those teams. Like they're gonna knock somebody mm-hmm. off yep. and cost somebody a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. Plano does. Plano does the. Uh, they, they're not gonna beat themselves. Very much the same style of play, the same kind of mentality under Coach Christian that they've had for years. You know what you're gonna get against Plano. They're, they have maybe the deepest team. In the in, in in the district, I mean that was the game against against Allen. They were um you know they got it. They were in a, in a twelve hole hole to start. You know Coach Christian does a, basically a line change essentially, mm-hmm. starts emptying the bench, and they were um, they were able to cut that. They shuttle in and out. <laughs> they were able to cut that deficit to six by half. They were down I want to say thirty two to twenty six at halftime, um, and the starters had only scored two points in the first half. So their bench did all that to bring them back against a top five team in the state, and that just shows you just the depth that they have the. Confidence that Coach Christian has in turning to you know to those guys like Cooper Slay, um, Aaron Boyd was a player that against you know against uh, Allen that really stood out. Um, you know just guys that they can you know throw in off the bench and just not not miss a beat because they're starting.
starters, like they they really do. They, they've got so much length. They've got a lot of they size, a lot of length. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like Quentin Williamson, who is I mean, who is one of the better rim protectors in that district. You mentioned the six ten guy, Stanley Joseph. Um, you know, uh, Dylan Walker, who's become a you know, it's kind of emerged as the uh, kind of the go to scorer. Is that the athletic guy? Uh, he's thirty. He's number thirty two. But yeah, he's, he's a solid athlete for sure. And then you have uh, their point guard, Zachary Creighton, who was you know uh, one of their uh, you know one of their best reserves last year. Who's you know thrived in the role as their starting point guard. I mean, they've been in every game, and it's just when this, you know, I don't know whether it's, because I've only seen the Allen game, so I can't vouch right. for what, I know you the know, fourth quarter, they couldn't y- make shots. Yeah, what held them, yeah, what held them back in the fourth quarter, because they have been, they've, it's, they've been right there, you know, when they enter in crunch time, and it could be, you know, maybe they're, you know, because last year they had a guy that, you know, you could go out and you were guaranteed, you know, at least 20 points a night from Hunter Meyer. Hunter Meyer was as good a, you know, a good a shooter, good a score as there was in the district, so, you know, and they've kind of like, you know, Walker's starting to kind of take on that role as kind of the go-to score, but it seems like they'll still kind of fall into that habit where it's a lot of guys that can get you eight to twelve points instead of that one guy who you can kind of right. you know put the ball in his hands and go get you a bucket there when it matters you know and that's kind of held him back because in this district like that's just you look at like the the star power that the Jesuits the Allens Plano West with the Alexander Plano East I mean Plano West yeah yeah I mean it's just you have to have that guy that can go get you a shot in crunch time and it's just been just so we'll just see I mean you know Plano is I don't want to cross them off by any stretch despite yeah. that record because again they could very well go get on a hot streak like last year and you know go up. They're gonna repeat that. That was magic last year. Yeah, I mean it's I, I, I they've been if, again. That's the thing. Like if they, I'm not gonna buzz against them. I think they're gonna they're gonna have an effect on the standings on the mm. actual outcome. Oh yeah, they're Someone a, in the top five is about to get their head. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get an easy game against Plano. Not not yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. They uh, so. their style of play does not uh, breed that kind of an outcome. So yeah, just with Plano, it's I was just surprised to see that it's, it's a very deceptive one and six because they yeah. I mean they said they lost to Allen by six at Allen and they I mean they did a, a this was despite being down 12-0 in Allen's gym at the start. I mean, they that's a solid team over at Plano, despite the despite the district record. Um, we could talk about the log jam right now in third place with uh, with McKinney, Plano West, you know, prosper a little bit. I mean, with McKinney, you know, they started off really hot and have kind of fallen back a little bit into the Last pack. Last three out of four, they lost to Jesuit, they lost to Prosper, mm-hmm. they lost to Allen. Coach Watson feels they gave away the Prosper game. And Allen, they played a good game. Byron Scobie was the coldest I've seen him. He still had 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> he was 17 on offense, still pretty good. <laughs> um, he just wasn't. Um, they just couldn't get no shots to fall. And um, Allen's depth gave them problems. But the key for them, I think, will be these next three games will be a telltale. Mm-hmm. They play Plano, Plano West, and Plano East back to back, and only one of them on the road. And the key thing, I don't know if we want to call it a quirk in the schedule, is five of the the second half games are on the road. Mm-hmm. So that in this district, you know, that's a big thing. So. They're going to have to go somewhere and win. Like, fortunately for them, two of the games that must that uh, prosper in the playoffs that they must beat are at their gym where they're, they're very comfortable. But they're going to have to go. This week's going to be a, a telltale week. They got to go to Plano and they got to go to Plano West. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll see what we'll see what the lines are made out of. Which, but as Matt knows, this district they always find a way to get in. Yeah. That team we've seen them in way worse positions yeah, than yeah. this, and they got in. So they're in a good position compared to where they were last year this time. Yeah. And they still got in. So definitely don't count the lines out. And Coach Watson and his staff and their team starting to develop to be more than Byron Scobie. They got two up and coming freshmen, mm-hmm. um, Alex um, Ottawa K. I want to get my name Ottawa K. And the Mequay. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the top seat freshmen. Yeah. And then um, they also got Devin Vincent. Both of those guys have mm-hmm. star potential written on them, even though they're young, but they're athletic and they give them players that can get mm-hmm. take the scoring when um when um Scobie's off. You can always count on Aaron Brown and Andrew Pitts to do their thing. So 
it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do down the stretch. I think their experience in Scobie kind of figuring out how people are going to play him because he's kind of like the Patriots. He see you twice. It's hard to get that man twice. Allen's like, hey, we held him under 20. They were like, felt like that was a win, and yeah. that was part of, part of it. Uh, Taylor, with uh, with Planet West, the Wolves have uh, have gotten back on track. It would yep. it would seem, you know, they started off what was a one and two, started off in district. Yeah, had a like couple that. had a couple th- tough losses to McKinney and to Prosper, but they've rounded into form since, including obviously a massive win over oh, yeah. Jesuit, which kind of really kind of showcases what this you know kind of the vision that uh, at the start of the year with all that experience they had back, what they could be capable of this season. Yeah, and I think the, the you know the thing with Jesuit and and coming into that building at Planet West, and you said you know you mentioned the McKinney. He has to go to Plano West. That's a gym that can be really hard to play in. Oh, yeah. You know, when they get going, that's one of the better environments, one of the better home environments for any team in the district. And, you know, when those fans get hype, and, the, and Plano West is a team that, you know, likes to kind of build off that momentum. They have a couple guys that like to dunk if they get on, you know, a fast break. They have a couple guys that like to, you know, get get that kind of good energy and feeling going, and, and the fans certainly reciprocate it. And it can lead to, you know, obviously, like you saw, four point win over Jesuit. Um, they go to Plano and win. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think they'll have much trouble with McKinney Boyd. I mean, who knows that McKinney Boyd team's a team with talent? It's one of those districts where you know every team has talent. Yeah. But then they get McKinney at home. They got Plano East at home and Plano at home to you know round out the district with a couple games on the road against some of the, the top teams, including Prosper. But. You know, it's it's they kind of saved their district season, I think, with those wins and, yes. and getting back to four and three and getting back to feeling pretty good about themselves, especially that win over Jesuit heading into the second half. And, you know, the way it sets up now, I expect them to be a postseason team because, like I said, they get McKinney at home. That's huge because they're right, they're right lumped in there. They get Plano East at home, which is, you know, a game that you should win. Uh, and then they get Plano at home, which is another game that you should win. I mean, anything can happen in those rivalry games. But I just... I think the the main difference is, you know, I, I follow on Twitter if I'm not watching the game, they, they post their stats and the scores every night. And instead of it being, you know, Ryan Zambi had 25 and that's kind of the end of it, now it's, you know, Dalen Miners got 17. Yeah. Or, you know, Alex Zambi's got a double-double or, or whatever the case may be. It, they have a little bit of a three-headed monster as opposed to just Ryan Zambi kind of propelling them into the postseason or, or into the postseason conversation, I should say, since they, they missed out last year. But seemed a little bit more well-rounded, and, and like you said, they they kind of saved their season, man. That win over Jesuit was huge. They will, at the very least, they have to get a win over either Prosper or yeah. McKinney, looking at yep. the standings, because they, 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 they do not have the head-to-head over either right now, and those are the two teams that you're yep. tied with in the standings. So I think Scobie had 45 on the first. Did he? Yeah. Scobie will put up 40-plus on a lot of teams. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's on, that's definitely the one yeah. I think you circle if you're a Plano West fan. Is, be it's, Friday. it's Friday, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the one that could make or break, because, you know, you lose that one at home, sometimes that kind of deflates a team. Will you be in the neck of the woods? Oh, Friday? No, I'll be out at uh, Allen and Jesuit. Okay. Allen and Jesuit are playing Friday. I mean, that's Plano West and McCain's a good one, too. But, I mean, that's a, that, that is the de facto district championship, yeah. it seems. So, so I'll be out at that one. I know the Allen guys, they're like, we're playing good ball. So we, when we see Jesuit again, we're ready. They're, they're on their minds. Like for the, oh, yeah. If you're a Jesuit friend, you got the state champs' attention <laughs> for sure. Let's see. With um, just a quick note on Prosper, because I was just checking, kind of checking through some awesome box scores and continuing to do Prosper things. Yeah, surprise I mean, us all. Prosper, yeah, Prosper kind of flew under the radar. I would say at the start of district play. Yeah. I think even per, I think even per Brian from what he had heard. Like, I mean, Prosper wasn't. I don't know if they were expected to be a playoff team or work their way into the mix. But nevertheless, here they are. And um, if you're just looking kind of over their last over the last four games, um, I do know that coming into the season, a lot was on the plate of Josh Davis. You know, there's um, you know, who's a senior. I believe this is his third year on varsity. Uh, but nevertheless. 
nevertheless, if you look at just kind of kind of you know recent weeks, his scoring has really picked up. He's averaging almost 19 points per game over his last four. The big thing, um, you know, in, in the uh, you know in the holidays was the emergence of Mondo Battle, who uh, just kind of came <laughs> out of came out of nowhere with uh, with Prosper and really <laughs> helped kind of lift them to those big wins over the Plano West of the mm-hmm. world and just the teams that they uh, now McKinney, which gives them obviously the nice uh, you know head to head over those over those two programs and puts them, I guess, at the technically if you're just talking about just you know oh yeah they're in, they're in third spot they're, yeah, yeah. they're in third the prime seed. the prime spot for so sure. they are in a good spot for sure but so technically then they're third McKinney's fourth yes uh-huh. West, 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 officially West. yeah they have the same so, record oh, for games if it yes. ended yeah, if it ended today then yeah. Plano West would be on the outside so Prosper just once again and maybe we just need to just put to rest the well, idea that Prosper's going to be I, you know ah the whole five eight a six exactly. eight thing this is a basketball podcast do we, do we dock them for that because it's their first year in the classification now well, Prosper but, but if you look at the numbers they're bigger than both McKinney's yeah. they're bigger than yeah. Jesuit they're bigger than everybody so, but the Plano schools and Allen yeah okay yeah, yeah. those are the four biggest schools in the, in the and they are having yeah. zero trouble in any sport yeah. so so Denver's wise they are doing what they're supposed to we might need to put that narrative to rest shame on us for for continuing to fall victim to that. Uh, so yeah, like you said, Taylor, just prosper doing prosper things. Um, as of now, though, it does look like there's a bit of a, uh, a line of demarcation between the uh, you know those bottom uh, six and then the top two. As Allen and Jesuit establish themselves as the as the class of the district, they are six and one apiece. Uh, Said so Jesuit is technically the uh, the first place team by virtue of that head to head win over Allen. The only time I've seen Jesuit this season, and yeah, I mean, I wasn't I didn't come away from that game thinking it was a it was a fluke or anything like that. Like the book on Jesuit. It is. I mean, if they're hitting their threes, that is as tough an out as there is in the state because they have four or five guys that are all they they have the green light constantly. Coach Wes Watson from McKinney told me yeah. they went eighteen for twenty two and they didn't miss but one in the first half. Yeah. You just you're just not going to lose a basketball game if you're just going to be that hot from the outside. How they put up 80 points against McKinney? Yes, they have. And this and the game I saw him against Allen was without you know who's you know perhaps their their best overall players, big man Julius Marble. He was injured two minutes into that game, and they still were able to just fire away at will. And, I mean, yeah, if Jesuits knocking down their outside shots, that team has a chance to do something pretty special. I will say, though, I mean, since that Allen win, which is impressive as it was, the results since have been a little bit uneven. You know, for yeah. a team that's ranked in the top five of the state, you know, they uh, just mentioned Plano a ways back. They trailed Plano at the half in that game. They only led McKinney and Plano East by two points after three quarters. And then they lost to Plano West. So since then, yeah. you know, they were able to get back on track. But Marvel's been hurt, though, right? That's the... No, he's back. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back. And, I mean, they're... So they're they're definitely meeting a bit more resistance as of uh, as of late. But nevertheless, outside of that West game, you know they've been able to take care of business ultimately. But yeah, like I said, yeah, I mean you know the book on Jesuit man, and they're a fun team to watch too. It's a really high IQ team. They move the ball very very well. They play uh, this. I mean the the job that they did defensively against Allen is still just. I mean they they basically it was it was Isaiah Stevens or nothing. I mean they just could not get anything else going beyond Isaiah Stevens in that game. And yeah, Jesuit has the they have the head to head win. They have it at Allen. And, um, yeah, I mean, all eyes are on Friday night at a Jesuit. I'm sure the student section will be rocking. And <laughs> Taylor, yeah, you get to, you get yourself a good one on Friday. Yep. So, um, and, yeah, let's, you know, some quick, uh, some quick thoughts on Allen in their first half. Um, like I said, outside of that Jesuit game, Allen has taken care of business. They've, you know, said Plano was able to give them a, a competitive game. That's the only time, you know, beyond uh, the Jesuit game that Allen's had a district uh, game, game finish within single digits. Yeah. Outside of that, their six district wins have come by an average of 19.3 points. Um, you, know, you have Isaiah Stevens, who is a, uh, 
uh, on that short list of contenders for district MVP. Uh, I mean, we mentioned just the the torrid scoring streak that he went on. You know, late December, early January, he had 42 against uh, against Jesuit. Who would you say top three? I would say him, Scobie. Um, Max Amos for uh, for Jesuit. I'd say probably the other their point guard. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, if I was going to submit my district MVP bow, those those three in some order would probably be the your three front runners. Got to see him play th- um, uh, Friday. Got in foul trouble, but you can tell as uh, the old school cats like to say he's the star that stir the straw that stirs the drink yeah. for sure. He definitely feeds in. He's got the the proper Allen swag, and they feed off that. And then you got um, Mo, the guy was the number Man- one Manny Obaseki. <laughs> Special talent. Yeah. I don't get impressed too much by youngsters. That kid is. Yeah. That kid's. He went YMBL in the middle of the game. That was one of the <laughs> coolest things. He tried to bounce it from the three point line, Tyler, <laughs> over Andrew Pitts to I forget number two, uh, Thailand. Th- Thailand to catch an oop in the game. That's if you ever. <laughs> and he almost pulled it off. <laughs> if you if you're going to go to an Allen game, get there early to see this team during. Oh, they had three dunks in the game during layup lines because they'll. I don't know how many teams I've seen that can just dunk the ball like Allen. Like I when I so I did a profile on Isaiah Stevens um, a couple weeks ago just on his his great year and whatnot. But as we're um, we're doing our interview on the uh, you know on the we're sitting at the scores table conducting the interview in the background, you got the rest of the team basically having like a dunk contest. <laughs> they have. I mean, they've got six, seven guys that are all just doing stuff that you just don't see high school athletes. They had three of them, do, and they had three dunks in the game. Twenty-one had two. Mm-hmm. One of them, um, and then Elder had um, one. Oh, yeah. They threw off the backboard in the game, and he's like doing a chin up and right. looking and coming down. And all the people in McKinney are just like. Many <laughs> Obaseki had a breakaway dunk against uh, against Plano that I had to go on Twitter, and I had to like I found I had, was recording the dunk, and then I went through and I had to go frame by frame to see how close his head came to hitting the rim. He is that kind of an athlete. And these, Spoiler, it was close. He is just a sophomore. It was close. Sophomore. He's not even halfway done with his high school career. Like I say, bad knows I'd be like, yeah. oh, he's just a high school kid. This guy can play. Man, and get that right hand that we talked about. <laughs> the man going to be special. He has a very good flow. The one thing I was mainly impressed with um, Allen is they got they, they play good as a unit, and everybody knows their role. Yeah. Like they know that everybody, hey, Stevens is our go-to. We know we can get Manny, and then those other guys spot up in the three. I call them the three and D guys, and they do their job yeah. very well. They're gonna be a tough yeah. out because like some of these teams, they lean on, oh, we're defending state champions, but. Most of them didn't play. Oh yeah, no. But, they, no, this team I, knows their role. They like they have two kids back from that from yeah. that championship rotation. Isaiah and Stevens and Corey they're not Jones. Oblivious, like they know that was like the program, not them. Yeah. So I like that hunger. I was very impressed with the the Allen team. Coach McCullough does a good job. They be shutting them suckers in and out. Yep. Like at the time they would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they've got—I mean, so they've got a young but a talented bench. You see guys like Mason Gibson, who's become one of their better, you know, two-way players. You got the Green Twins, Blaine and Bryson from the football team that have, uh, you know, they're, they they get yeah, some, some, some size and physicality down low. Um, yeah, they've got a very capable. There won't bench. be no easy outcome um, come March. It will not be an easy. I do outcome. think that game against McKinney though was that was a big one for them because it sounds like you said Isaiah Stevens got into foul trouble a bit. He didn't play the last eleven or twelve minutes. Yeah, he, he got like about three minutes in the third, and he sat the whole fourth. They ain't need them. Because in looking ahead to this Jesuit game, because obviously you got a lot of riding on the outcome oh, yeah. of this game on Friday. And like I said, Isaiah Stevens had 42 points, and he, I mean, he couldn't be stopped against Jesuit. Jesuit's eventually the math equation in Jesuit, having <laughs> three, four guys that were able to just knock it down at will. Eventually the math was too much. But that's the big thing is, what are you going to get out of the rest of the team? Because mm-hmm. the way Jesuit's defense, the, that pack line style, kind of a Virginia oh. style of defense, they, uh, I mean, they, they walled off, because a lot of 
those guys like Obaseki, Tylen Elder, you know, those are guys that really thrive on being able to put the ball on the floor. Uh, in the open court. Yeah, get to the rack. And you know, Jesuit wasn't having any of it. So that's going to kind of be the, the big adjustment is how do they go about getting the rest of those guys going? Because if they can, I mean, you know, Stevens, you, can just, you can't bank on 40-plus from a guy against a top-five team in the state. That's just not a realistic expectation. But, but Allen's staff does a good job, as we saw last year with Dick Geyer. When they see you second uh, more than once, they're going to make adjustments yeah. because all three of those games were completely different. Oh, yeah. And they got them when it counted to, um, because they saw them and got blown mm-hmm. out. No, we can't run with this team. They slowed the game down a little bit. We're going to have to play Princeton ball. And they went Princeton mm-hmm. ball and frustrated the um, didn't guy and, and got in yeah. there. So, hats off to their coaching style. Like I said, I don't get thoroughly impressed by too many. But I'm like, oh, they're all right. But, yeah, they're going to be a tough out. It's worth noting because, yeah, this could very well be the second of a third of a of three possible meetings between Allen and Jesuit this mm-hmm. season. Is they're both ranked top five in the state, and it stands to reason they could very well be seeing each other at some point in the playoffs. Well, I, see you, well, I see you next week when I shoot about the shooting. Everybody can talk about this Jesuit shooting. Like, Coach Watson said, I swear I was playing the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> they can light it up. I mean, that's that's no joke. Yeah, they've got. All, it seems like everybody on the floor's got the green yeah. light. Like you can't do that on on, on NBA Live. <laughs> like I think the most I've done is like sixteen for thirty something. Why aren't you playing NBA two K? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So let's see. Um, yeah, so that is a look at District 96A, all the fun happenings out there. Obviously, still plenty to be decided. And, yeah, it should be a, should be a fun home stretch in this district. I'm very much looking forward to it. And that will, uh, yeah, that will conclude this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We'll be back later on in the week to do the same exercise, only talking 5A action. In the meantime, folks, you enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.